Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. This week, Ty got back. Ty got to go, like he said, to California to a branding, and he got back on Monday night, and... uh I talked to him while he was at the at a airport. I don't even know where he was. And so we were kind of talking about what had gone on since he was gone. And uh, so he gets back Tuesday, and of course, it's kind of snowy, or it's kind of cold and windy on Tuesday. And I'm out there doing some stuff at the, at the ranch, and I'm getting some stuff ready, and blah, blah, blah. And my phone rings, and it's Ty. Ty says... Hey, what are you doing? If Ty Weber ever calls you and says, hey, what are you doing? What you were doing is about to change. <laughs> he said, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, uh-oh, what's this going to entail? And I was like, oh, just kind of farting around. He said, you going to get your pony and rope a cow? Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, that's what I've been waiting on all day long was to rope cows in the wind and cold. And that's, I know Fiona was all kinds of excited about it. She was so excited about it, her ears pinned back and she grinned at me. I was kind of impressed. But, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I had kind of planned on kind of taking the day off and getting in there and building a fire in the wood stove and everything. But no, I was bundling up, layering up, and going and chasing Fiona around the pasture. And uh, she just likes to play tag. That's all it is. It's just fun for her. And I finally won the game of tag. And, you know, got over there. And <laughs> Ty's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. So we got there, and Gary was there. And, and we went out there, and there's a... There's a cow that uh, we thought had a dead calf in her. And so it was, it was uh, plenty important. So we get out there, and we're riding along, and I mean, it's cold. And we got uh, Griffin and Coy with us, and uh, so we're, we're going along. And we get out there, and he's like, that's her standing, that black cow standing right out there. So we pull our ropes down. Ty's going to head her, and I'm going to heal her. Uh, Ty's going to head her, and I'm going to throw heel shots until she steps in my loop, because that's how I heal. And I poached two calves at Oker's Branding yesterday. Ty said I was, he was so ashamed of me, he, was, he, he said, you ought to just go put your horse up. I said, I thought those were my best shots. So there's, there's no shame in my game. But anyway, so we get out there, and we're riding out there, and Ty, you know, he's got that 60-foot rope, and, and he knows how to use it, and I've got a 60-foot rope, and I don't. And um, so we're riding out there, and, and Ty's getting his, yeah, he, Ty knows how to do this deal where he, he drops these coals in his, so when he swings his loop, he's got a, you know, 90-foot loop, and he's got like four coals in his hand, and boy, he can throw it, you know, from here to the back. And I mean, he's gathering coals in there. I was like, man, is she wild? or something? I said, you dropping four coals? He said, no, I'm just getting everything lined up. I was like, you sissy. Don't need to get stuff lined up. That comes into play in just about 30 seconds. And so anyway, Ty goes out there, and this is a big old cow, and he's not on a very big horse. I'm not on a very big horse. I'm a little bit nervous because Fiona is, is a fantastic horse. She's kind of my, my joy to ride, but she's just she's got a bigger heart than she's got a body. And so Ty goes out there, and he necks her, and he says, hey, don't let her run off from me. You know, keep that cow circled around. So he got her necked, and I kind of headed her off in a circle, and as soon as she turned a circle, he was able 
able to pull around and stop her. And I was gonna, I was gonna throw this big fancy loop, right? And Ty's like, it'd be better if you just roped up, you just rode up there and healed her. I was like, okay. So anyway, I, I go up there and I throw this real nice heel shot that doesn't hit anywhere near her heels, but it was a nice shot, okay? <laughs> I don't miss. I take practice throws. It's no different than whenever y'all golfers go up there to the tee box and you do this five or six or 20 times. You know, that's, that's all it is. They're just practice shots. So I call back up and, every, and, and I throw, and this time I, I really try. And, and anyway, I got her. And, it, and as soon as uh, it laid in there, she just kind of stood there and Ty started pulling her. Well, he pulled her a little too hard and she kind of took off. And I went to pull, you know, my, my uh, slack up like this and go to the horn. And there was a reason that Ty was getting all his coals in order because my coals weren't in order. And the first thing that happened is a coal sucked down on my wrist. Now you have a 12 to 1500 pound cow and tie your hand to it as it runs off. So I did the manly thing and I screamed and I threw that 60 foot of rope straight up in the air just to see where it landed. So now I don't, you know, I, I kept the, about this much of the last part of it. And it just looked like a big old wad out there. And so anyway, I loped over there and I called back up and I learned a valuable lesson from that. Get your priorities straight, you know. And so anyway, we got out there and we got her laid down and Gary got a two feet and he's backed up. And oh, Ty, man, I give, I give him all the props in the world. It is, it is gloomy outside. This kind of sounds like a story, doesn't it? I'm gonna get my story voice going. It's gloomy outside. There's a cow laid down in the nice grassy bottom. Two good cowboys holding it with one cowboy flat on his face with his arm this far up a cow. And I look over at Gary and it starts snowing. And I got to think, I just kind of giggled to myself. I looked over and Gary's like this, because it's going right into his face. And Ty's, you know, shoulder deep in the cow trying to help her out. And he kind of, you know, comes out just a little bit. He got just far enough where that tail that's about this long whacks him right in the face. Whack! <laughs> he was so happy about that. I was very impressed at how happy he was. <laughs> anyway, he handled it. He handled it well. He handled it well. But anyway, so after it was all said and done, he said, man, this has been one of them years. Maybe you feel the same way. Man, this has been one of those years. Sometimes it just happens that way. Sometimes, you know, we go through and, and, and the life we lead, man, it just seems like we just, you know, we just hit doubles and triples all the time. And then, and then other times it seems like, you know, if we got 15 cows, we got to pull, you know, 14 out of 15 calves. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just one of those times in your life. And I told Ty, I was like, Ty, you know, I've got a confession to make. He said, what's that? And I said... This may be my fault. He said, why is that? And I said, well, I was, I was worried about my, my story not too long ago. And I kept thinking back years and years and years ago about all this stuff that I used to do. And God said, I allow you to do things all the time. There's a story in every single minute of your life. You don't have to go back 20 years and relive something. Live 
today. Live the cowboy life. You don't have to tell a story. You know, those stories from, from 20, well, I'm only 23. Those stories from like three years ago, those are fine. But you know what? It ha, you know, our life is a story, and, and we live it all the time. And so I, God was tell, talking to me about this, and so I prayed. I was like, God, I want to have an adventurous life. Whew, that's kind of like praying for patience. So I said, keep your prayers to yourself. <laughs> I'm tired of being a sermon illustration. <laughs> so I don't blame you, Ty. I don't blame you at all. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Or Luke chapter 9, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 9. A cowboy life is available to anyone. People ask me and Ty all the time, they say, how do do y'all do all this stuff? Well, you know what? It doesn't happen by sitting on the couch. See, God wants you to have a cowboy, adventurous life, one that is full of things that you never knew was possible, things that you didn't know you were capable of. But here's the deal. In John chapter 10, verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, Jesus himself says this, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to this earth so that you could have an abundant life. Is that how you would characterize your life? Or do we think that abundance means an abundance of materialistic possessions? See, God doesn't want you to have that. He wants you to have a testimony. He wants you to have a story. But there are things that get in the way of the abundant life. There are things that get in the way of a cowboy way of life. And the very first thing that gets in the way is this. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, but they were too comfortable. They were too comfortable. In Luke chapter 9, there's three things that happen simultaneously, one right after another. So they're walking along, and as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And that's a bold statement because, see, Jesus, the Son of God, went places that that most religious people wouldn't go. He says, "Uh, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. See, we spend most of our lives... We spend most of our energy trying to make our lives easy. We want our lives to be uncomplicated. We want our lives to be comfortable. We spend most of our lives trying to find comfort. We want to push a button and not have to do any work. We want to push a button. You know, one time I went in there and I, and I figured out how to work that, that washer and dryer. And I told my wife, I said, I did the laundry. She said, you stuck four pair of jeans and nine whites into a deal and pressed a button. I was like, well, you know, I did something. You know, but, but isn't that how we live our lives? We want, we want the, everything in our house is geared towards comfort so that we don't have to do anything. And I think Jesus is up in heaven sometimes going, man, you're missing the big blessing by getting out and doing something. Don't expect just a button to be pushed. And most of us think that that's the way our faith is, is that we can just push a button and that somehow we will magically have faith. It doesn't happen like that. If you want to have faith, you've got to get out there and you've got to live. You've got to be tested. Now, God's not like a, a, a 
kid with a magnifying glass seeing how long you can stand the heat before you catch on fire. That's not it. But without, you know, without testing, you're never going to grow. What's the old saying? A smooth sea, a smooth sea never made a great sailor. We want to push a button and not have to do any work. We want to take a pill and not deal with any bad decisions or the realities of life. And, and, and I'm not saying that there, there are some people that, that, that have chemical imbalances, but I'm just generalizing here. We want a pill to help us do the things that we don't want to work on ourselves. We want to escape with chemicals. And sometimes that's alcohol, that's drugs, that's whatever the case may be. God doesn't want us to have a push-button life, and he doesn't want us to have a pill every time something is hard. We want the thrill of life without the wrecks that get us there. Isn't it amazing that most of my growth as a Christian and as a cowboy have come from the wrecks in our life? You want to talk about a wreck? Me and, me and, a, me and a buddy of mine were tagging calves the other day, and literally, he had a calf roped, and I had a calf roped, and neither one of us could get off our horses. It was like, well, what do we do now? So without getting, I'll tell you that story maybe some other time, but by the, by the time it was all said and done, we both had one cow roped by two hind feet, and she was still nearly pulling us over on top of ourselves. Well, <laughs> cowboy looked over at me, he said, I've had bulls pull harder than this. I mean, literally, I was sitting right beside him, and we both had a hind leg wrapped, and both of our horses were nearly getting pulled over backwards. That's just the way it is. Most of us, we want the thrill of life without the wrecks that go with it. And I'm not saying that you go out and try to get yourself in a wreck. Life will do that as it is. But you know what's waiting on the other side of that wreck? Is growth. Is God. Is goodness. Quit trying to avoid every single thing that might be a little difficult in life and start living life abundantly. The second thing I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, but they were too busy. But they were too busy. The very next verse, Luke 9, 59 through 60 said, He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Man, you know, Jesus had a way of sorting through our priorities, didn't he? He's like, man, you've got to get your priorities in line. You cannot be too busy to be a Christian, but that is exactly what happens to most people. They don't live abundantly because they're too busy trying to be comfortable, trying to get things that are going to make them happy that have no, in no way, shape, or form will they be anything more than temporary. Now, a little side note about this verse. This, this seems pretty intense, doesn't it? When Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. Man, that Jesus is just about flowers and handing out Bible tracts at the airport, isn't he? He was a sissy. <laughs> Jesus says, man, get your stuff in order. Jesus was never shy about making, making sure you knew what your priorities should be. Now, on this note right here, this guy's dad was not dead. He was probably the firstborn, and the firstborn got a big inheritance. And so what he wanted is he wanted to go back and wait for his dad to die so he could get all of this stuff, and then he would go and he would follow Jesus. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar. Man, I, I, you know, once I get my life straightened up, then I'll, then I'll kind of give my life to God or, you know, just excuse after excuse after excuse. 
Like the coils of a rope, busyness reveals our priorities. Get them out of order and your life becomes unraveled. Ty was riding out there, man, and he was getting his priorities in line because he knew that whenever he roped, there was going to be rope that was running out. Me, I just went out there with 60 foot of a bird's nest and nearly got myself hurt real, real bad. We need to get our coils prioritized. We need to get things straight. See, busy is the excuse of the spiritually weak for not living the life that God has called us to live. Busy is the excuse of the spiritually weak. If you are not available to God, then your busyness is a roadblock to abundant life. Think about that. Most people are too busy. Most people don't have time to read and study the Bible, but they know what's happening on their favorite TV show. You ever notice that? Boy, I don't, man, I just, I have a hard time. I don't really have time to read my Bible. Huh. Yeah, but you got, what is it? The average American watches four to five hours of TV a day. Man, shut that stupid thing off. See, most people don't have time to get involved with what God is calling them to do. But they have time for a lot of other things, hobbies, everything that they think is going to make them happy, and it's not. Most people don't have time to just take a walk and pray, but they have time to sit and do nothing because somehow they've earned it. I'm just as guilty as that, man. I'm not going to do anything today. I've been working real hard. I, I've earned a day off. Oh, really? Uh, you know. You've earned a day off. You ain't got time to pray, but you have time to sit in a chair and watch TV for four hours, binge watch on Netflix, whatever the case may be. You know what I started doing? I guarantee you I hadn't watched 20 minutes of TV in the last two weeks because if I have any free time, I get my rope and I go out there on the roping dummy and I talk to God and I rope a sawhorse about a thousand times if I have some free time. I go talk to God and rope. What do you do? Are you too busy to be a Christian? Because see, being available, I guarantee you, the life that you are searching for is never going to come when you're not doing anything. God's going to make you choose him. You have the choice not to choose him or to choose him. But I guarantee you, it's going to come at an inconvenient time. And the last thing, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, but they were too scared. Next verse, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I think we can all relate to this. Worried about what your friends are going to think? Oh, maybe you're going to be labeled a Bible thumper. Maybe you're going to be called one of those uh, uh, goody-goody Christians. What's the people at the cafe going to think whenever, whenever they find out you've been going to church and, and God's really working on you? See, most of us are too scared about what our family, but first, let me go say goodbye to my family. Let me, let me paraphrase that. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and see and make sure that my family and my friends are okay with me and that they're not going to get mad at me or make fun of me or anything like that for truly, truly following you. Most people are too scared. Most people will never experience the abundant life of God because they're too afraid of what they may have to give up. They're too afraid of what they're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up your comfort if you want to have an abundant life. You're going to have to give up doing all of that busy stuff that you are so good at doing. You're going to have to get your priorities in line. But listen to this. Here's three verses about giving stuff up. These are powerful promises of God. In Luke chapter 18, Peter said, We left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus said. 
And I assure you, listen, this is God talking. He's never made a promise he couldn't keep or wouldn't keep. That's pretty good. God never made a promise that he couldn't keep or wouldn't keep. But this is what Jesus said. And I assure you that every one, not just Kevin, not just Ty, not just Gary, not just Glenn, everybody. Lord, oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for that matter, for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Let me paraphrase that for you. You can never outgive God. Whatever you think you're giving up, you will always get more in return because if we were truly self-centered, if we truly acted out of self-interest, we would give him everything because you would get more in return. That's what he's saying right here. He says, don't worry about what anybody else says. You do what I tell you to do. You go, cowboy, where I tell you to go. It don't matter how steep. It don't matter how wide. It don't matter how deep. You do, you go, you say, you be who I called you to be. And whatever I ask you to give up, you ought to just throw it to the wind because whatever you give up, I'm going to give you more to take its place. See, we get, when we give things to God, we're getting rid of the stuff that we think is going to make us happy, and God fills that space with himself. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who's given up a house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. The second thing that he said in another verse, he said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will give it, be given to you as well. He says, it doesn't matter what you give up. When you seek God and you seek his righteousness, which is his right way of living, which is depending upon Jesus, and what Jesus accomplished, that's what righteousness is, us having faith in Christ, in Jesus. When you put the, your priorities right, no matter what, you make him your priority, he's going to make sure you have everything that you need. And I guarantee you, even a few things that you want. But you've got to be doing it for the right reasons. And number three, should people cheat God? This is biblical. Should people cheat God? This is God talking. Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me on the tithes and offerings due to me. You were under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouses so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Malachi chapter 3, and this isn't about money. This isn't a tithing sermon or anything like that. This is about you can't ever give God too much. He says right there, he promises, he said, man, you just bring me 10% of, of whatever. I don't care if it's money or or." or calves or, or whatever the case may be. You can never outgive God because he says when you give, you will receive twice as much in return. He says, I will put, you know, we, we have in our pens this many cattle. We give him 10% of them. He's going he's gonna to make more grass grow. That's what he says right here. I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you will not be able to contain. You won't have enough pens for your cattle. 
See, I want every single one of you to saddle up and live the abundant life God wants for you. But the cowboy way of life can't be too comfortable. Don't be comfortable. Be courageous. If you want the abundant life, don't be busy. Be blessed. And if you want an abundant life, if you want this cowboy way of life, don't be scared of what you leave behind. Be afraid of the things that are holding you back. Be afraid of the things that are holding you back. And lastly, God's going to open the door of opportunity. You know he's been talking to you. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't heard his call. Maybe you didn't realize it was him. But see, God has been talking to each and every one of us, you included. God's going to open the door of opportunity. Will you slam it shut with an excuse? Well, you know, I'm, I'm busy and I don't have time. I can't afford whatever. Fill in the blank. Will you slam it shut with an excuse when God opens that door? Or will you ride through it with courage? Because he's waiting on the other side and he wants to meet you face to face. But most of the time we're going to let our comfort, we're going to let us being busy, and we're going to let our fear stand in the way of coming face to face with God and having that abundant life that he's so much promised, that he so much wants for each and every one of you. You'll know it if you search your heart. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.